episode 32 of All About the Birds. Johnny Ulecka with Phil Stifle and Jeff Warner. Two tight ends get paid some big money today. And the biggest question is, is Zach Gertz going to be next? You know, he's got two years left on his deal. You know, it's just a lot of people are asking that question. Are the Eagles going to going to sign Zach Ertz, going to extend him? Is he the next tight end to be extended? I see. Yeah, two tight ends uh, got paid today, as Johnny said. Uh, tight end Greg Kittle from the 49ers, as well as tight end Travis Kelsey, our boy Jason Kelsey's uh, brother, uh, both getting big contracts today. And, Phil, you have the details on those deals. Yeah, yeah Jason, uh, uh, Kittle, Kittle got signed by the Niners, a five-year, $75 million contract. Thirty million guaranteed at a signing, forty million guaranteed overall. Uh, Kelsey's deal was four years, four or five years, forty. Oh, that was his last deal. Hold on, where was it? Five, five four years, year, four years, fifty-seven point two five million, twenty-eight million guaranteed. So they were your deals. Um, a lot of money for tight ends. The bar has been set. The question is, where does the Eagles go with Ertz from here? I'll say, uh, Zach Ertz still has two years on his contract. Uh, he has this year, next year he's a free agent in 2022, uh, making a hefty amount of money this coming season. He is uh, due base salary 6.6 .6 mil with a $1.6 million signing bonus. Uh, he restructured $4 million, so he's on the cap hit for this year for 12 and 12.4 mil. And then uh, next year, he which he can uh, potentially opt out. Uh, is on the hook for about 12 mil as well with uh, 4 mil or 8 mil base salary and 4 mil restructured. What's the cap hit next year? 12.4. Uh, 12. So, so maybe this is actually, I know he's got the two years left, but maybe this is the chance for them to restructure the deal. So they could save I, some cap space next year. I'll say, if anything, he's go. He, if anything, if he would get signed, it's not going to be till after this season. I'll say the Eagles are notorious for letting their players, for the most part, play out their contracts until the final year, and then they start negotiating, try to figure things out. And the thing is, he's he's not a young tight end. I'll say he's uh he's tw currently 29 years old. Next year he'll be in his 30. He's trying to get that last payday uh, before his uh before his career starts to uh, decline. And I'll say after a subpar season last year for Ertz, the question is, does, is he deserving of the money? I know he's been a consistent player in our offense, a consistent offensive weapon. He's a fan and favorite, but the Eagles still have to be business smart about this, uh, whether they re-sign Ertz or not, and it, it, for some reason, he does have a stellar season this year, and he's in the final year of his contract, you get some type of compensation, I wouldn't be surprised if Howie Roseman and the Eagles decide to trade uh, Ertz away, depending on the development of uh, backup tight end Dallas Goddard. How can you say he had a subpar season? 88 I'm catches, just, 916 yards, and six touchdowns, and he missed... Then he missed the last game of the year because he got hurt, basically missed. I'll say, stats are a bit misleading. If you look at some of those games, it, he wasn't very consistent. Who did they have? It doesn't matter. I'll say if, if that if that's if who did they have if that's the case he should been he should been Carson Wentz's number one target. If he's being double teamed, how is he gonna get? He he wasn't double teamed that much. I'll say he, I, I'm, I'm not saying he had a bad season, but but if he's supposed to be a top tight end in this league, commanding thirteen between thirteen, fifteen, sixteen million dollars a year, if you expect him to get Travis Kelsey money or Greg Kittle money, he's got to put up a little bit. He's gonna have to be a little bit more consistent uh, uh, throughout the season. I'll say if you look at his, you look at the game logs. I'll say I think he only had maybe a couple couple games over 100 yards uh, throughout the game. I'm, I'm not saying he was still. I'm not saying he wasn't consistent, but what I'm saying he's, like I said, he's not on the superstar level as these two. He, he's, he's kept he, the bar in 2018 so high with yes. that season, setting tight end records. Thank you. So, yes, his he, stats went down, but you had to expect him to go down a little bit. He was going to come down, you know, a little bit there. But, again, it just raises the question, you know, I know Johnny's been itching to talk about this on, a sh on an episode of the show, you know, whether we're going to sign – or, or re-sign him and extend him and keep Goddard. Who do you keep? Who do you trade? You know, it's a really complex decision to make. And I'll say, honestly, I just don't see the Eagles keeping both of them. I'll say eventually Goddard's going to want a new contract. Uh, Ertz is getting up there in age like I brought up before. So I'll say, honestly, after next season, or depending if a – uh, uh, Super Bowl contending team loses a tight end and they offer the Eagles a huge deal. They decide to uh, 
give him a good offer. He might be traded dur during this season. Who knows if God it for some reason pans out. I'm not saying that's what I want, but from a football standpoint, from a business standpoint, I'll say yeah. a, a lot of people kept bringing his name up in the Jamal Adams trade rumors and stuff. Yeah. And we were all, you know, outraged. Why would we trade Zach Ertz? But now once you see these deals that Kelsey and Kittle have gotten, you have to understand that one of them is going to probably have to get moved at some point because you just cannot commit that much salary cap to two tight ends. And especially it's, since, it's not smart. It's not smart business. No, and especially since we keep on talking about the future of the Eagles and what they're going to be doing with the roster over the next couple of years. They're going to be losing a lot of key components. There's a lot of guys getting up their age. They're going to be. They're going to have to. They're in a salary cap hell right now. So they're going to have to move on from a lot of these guys in the future. So if they can get any type of assets, especially since that article came out from uh, Football Focus or Football Outsider, whichever it was, about the Eagles not having the talent of 25 or younger right now so right now around the media around the around the league is that the eagles aren't really built for the future right now so if they can get some type of asset to build that future the build around carson wentz the build around miles sanders build around this defense that's getting up there in age they have to do it unfortunately i'm gonna say i know it's gonna be i may not be unpopular but i think after this year I think they do extend Ertz, and then they kind of see whatever because they can always make the con they can always work numbers everything whatever. But for me, I see because the way they run the offense, the two tight end set, they like they, they like to use the, their two tight ends. Now, I don't know if you have Rager and all these guys, the other receivers come into their own and you know doesn't. Basically, what I'm saying is, if you're if you're receiving core, if you have players that, whether it's Hightower, whether it's uh, Rager, whether you get another receiver, or whether you trade for a receiver, maybe after Jackson and Jeffrey, and you your offense is more predicated to, towards having more weapons outside and not needing two tight ends, then yeah, you could trade either Goddard or Ertz, whoever gets you the bigger package. But right now, I see them keeping both guys because I'm not sure that you're going to have those explosive weapons. I hope they do, but I just don't see that. I think Ertz stays, and I know that he said that he wants to retire. An eagle wants to be an eagle for life. That's but, it's but, it's it's very it it does not happen. No, it doesn't happen often. Not and, very rarely. Look at Tony Gonzalez, one of the best tight ends in the National Football League of all time. Gronkowski, where he, he went to Tampa. Yeah, Gronk. I was saying. Well, Gronk is a little bit different story. He originally retired. Totally I was saying he he originally retired, and then Brady talked him out of retirement. Where uh, Gonzalez, he wanted to continue playing his playing career, and Kansas City eventually said, "Hey, you're getting up there in age. It's time to move on." He still felt he could play. He was able to excel with. Matt Ryan in, in Atlanta for a couple of seasons would be a red zone target, so he was able to find his place. But I, I, I Ertz is a fan favorite. He's helped. He helped us win a Super Bowl. He had that big touchdown in the game. We'll always for uh, we'll always remember him for it and love him for it. But the Eagles have to make a decision. And I understand your point that they are very limited on unknown offensive weapons right now so it's all honestly I if Ertz moves on it's all going to depend on the development of Dallas Goddard and how much they believe in Dallas Goddard because if Goddard Goddard has somewhat been a disappointment I would say so far in his career he hasn't lived up to the expectations that the fan base and I feel the the team and the coaching staff for him to be that big target and be that big play weapon because and I'll say especially since he has Dallas or uh, Zach Ertz on the field with him so that takes away the target I think he's actually played yeah. he's been hurt yeah, I think he's, I mean he was a top 10 fantasy tight end so he's putting up the yeah. stats but I'm actually going to support Johnny on the extension for Ertz you brought up Tony Gonzalez, Jeff. Tony Gonzalez, all the great tight ends that you would almost consider comparable to Zach Ertz, the Tony Gonzalez's, the Antonio Gates, the Jason Wintons, they were able to take care of their body, play pretty long into their, you know, you know, life and all. They they didn't they did their careers weren't cut short at thirty one years old. No. And Zach Ertz is that same kind of body. So at this point, because we disagree with you that Dallas Goddard actually played pretty well being he, the he played the decent, but, end, but 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 he, he might have at his age a better trade value. So I'm looking at the Ertz staying because he wants to stay an Eagle. You're probably at his age going to get less in return. Right now, if you put Dallas Goddard on the market, you I'm might be him. able to get more for him. I'll say Goddard, I'll say, I'm not going to deny he, he, I'm not saying he played bad. 
But once again, I would say I just feel he was the second tight end on the team. I agree, but, but he's he but but, but like John but like Johnny said club. like Johnny said they do a lot of two tight end sets. So he's mm -hmm. on the field he's on the field quite a bit. And I was and I'll say if Ertz is supposedly taking away those uh, the the opposing defense, I just felt that Goddard should have. Someone panned out a little bit more. Well, I'll say the, not, the two tight ends. not a lot of tight ends really played that well last year. I'll say he did. He did well. I'll say he had he, he had six he had six hundred yards for fifty eight catches and five touchdowns. I'll say that that's pretty decent. But so, I'm, 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 what, what I'm saying is, he, especially your number two tight end. I agree, but what I'm saying is. Can he be, can he take his game to the next level? Do they have the confidence in him to be the next Zach Ertz to be that potentially All Pro tight end uh, for this team? And if they don't, then I think they do keep Ertz and, like you said, maybe move Goddard because of the fact that he is young. He has probably a higher trade value because he has a little bit more upside uh, with his age. But I'm, I'm, I'll say, I don't even know. I'm trying to look it up. When was the last time time a tight end of any relevance was actually traded? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm kind of trying to Google it as we talk here. Well, but. I'm, I want to bring something up because I know you gave Goddard's numbers, but the number one tight end in free agency this year was Austin Hooper to Cleveland. And last year, his stats were 75 catches, 787 yards, and six touchdowns. It wasn't really that often. He was a starting tight end for an Atlanta Falcons team that had Calvin Ridley and had Julio Jones. Yeah, that's so, who they were throwing it to. <laughs> but uh, You have an excuse. You always have something. You always right? that, that's, that, that's the point. Of, that's the point of a podcast. The debate. The talk. To no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, saying, saying. I'm not, not going to agree on everything you say. I'm just giving you the numbers. Okay. Austin Hooper got paid, and he didn't have the greatest season. And, and exactly. So if if he, Austin Hooper didn't have the greatest season and he got paid, what do you think Zach Ertz is going to try to command? So I would say that that's the thing. It's all a bit. What I'm trying to get. I'm not saying neither Ertz or Goddard are bad tight ends. What I'm saying is it's all from a business standpoint on what they're gonna do with the future. Ertz, Ertz, his negative right now. He's up there in age. Yeah, but Hooper's only 25. So you you can work on. Okay. I understand. He's still gonna get paid money. Absolutely. I, I and, agree and what, with that, and what I'm saying is Goddard's eventually gonna get paid. So you don't wanna be locked in to these two tight ends for a long term for long term because I'll say Goddard's entering his third year. He's doing a contract in two seasons so if you sign Ertz to say a four or five year extension you're locked up with these guys for the next five six years to pay on the salary which they usually probably get out of after three or four years but the Eagles are a type of team does not they don't like extending players or having these long-term contracts and they like getting away get, giving players away or giving up on players a year or two before they think they're going to start to decline so they're not locked up with so much money so it's that, that's all I'm trying to get I'm nothing against Ertz, nothing against Goddard. It's a business standpoint on the pros and cons of both of them and what Ertz is going to command with the salary, what type of value can you get for him, and what type of value you expect from Goddard if you can trade him. Yeah, and I think right now you could probably get, not right this second, I mean at the end of this year, you know, barring any injuries or anything like that, you could probably get a decent draft pick for Goddard. But on the end with Zach Ertz, because of his contract situation, his age, you might only be able to get a sixth-round draft pick for Zach Ertz, fifth-round draft pick. You're not going to be able to get quite as much, yeah. whereas you might be able to get a third-round pick for Goddard. Hayden Hurst uh, was tra actually traded this past offseason. I want to uh, say he's like relevant. He's, he's well, a I'll say they, they sent a second-round pick. So Hayden Hurst uh, from the Falcons. The Falcons uh, gave a second-round pick and their fifth-round pick for Hayden Hurst and a fourth. So, and he's a younger guy. Yeah. So that might be what you're looking at for Dallas Goddard. Yeah. And Dallas Goddard might be better than Hurst. Yeah. How's so it's, it's just something to think about there. That the value return the return value, but, and if Ertz can keep himself healthy for his career, oh yeah, he can continue Hurst, playing into his 35, 37 age year. Hurst had 30 receptions for 349 yards and two touchdowns in uh, let me see how many games. I don't know if he got hurt at all or anything like yeah, that. It wasn't, it wasn't a full season if I remember correctly. 12, uh, no, he played a full season last year. 16 oh, games. He's a backup to uh, yeah, backup, and they, and, and they got a second round oh, pick for him oh, to um, Mark Andrews. And they got a second-round pick yeah. for him. Damn, the Eagles better ask for a first-round pick when they ever decide to trade Goddard. But what, what, <laughs> I, was, what I was trying to say with Ertz is, yes, he's considered a tight end, but they use him in the slot. They use him out wide. They use him in a number of different ways. So it's not just saying that he's the, he's the tight end and tight end only. They use him as a slot receiver. They, they use do. him sometimes out wide. They use him all over the place. So his value, yes, he's a tight end as position, but he's 
versatile in so many different ways that Goddard really Goddard more is more the inline blocker. He's more of the the tight end. Yeah, he's true. not he's not a great blocker. He's a very, he's a very good blocker for a young guy, for a young tight end. I'll say he he. I would say he's not a traditional blocking tight end. I would say he's still Dude, Dallas. Huh? Yeah. I would say he's better everybody, than he, everybody raves about his blocking. Yeah. Every every expert he, that's out there says is, he's a good blocker. Is George Kittle the the prototypical tight end blocking? No, no. But he's one of the best. He's the best blocking tight no. end in the league. I would say I'm not. I'm not saying Dallas ain't bad at blocking. I'm just saying he's not the. He's not like. Like I said, he's not like the Chad Lewis's of the world that was a, that dual threat that can block, but also but also catch the football. Well, I mean, George Kittle is probably the best blocking tight end. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hands down, the best so, blocking tight end. All right, so based off of the deals that Kittle and Kelsey got, where does Kelsey, where does Ertz's deal fall in at his age? I think he's going to command probably between 11 and $13 million a year. So you're looking at four years probably, yeah. 45. I would say four years, 50. That's kind of the number that I would say. It's all going to depend on the guarantee, too. Well, that, that's the biggest thing. It's the, Everyone looks at, oh, they gave him seven years, 75, or they yeah. gave him this, this. It's and, all about the guaranteed money. And it, it, it would be a front-loaded deal. They would, uh, Any guaranteed money, they would have it that in the first two years, and that way maybe but, after the third, fourth but, year they can get out of it. But we're getting into a little bit about with – Earth's contract and what I said possibly next year. Next year's what's his cap hit? Was it twelve million? Uh, over twelve million. Uh, I think it was twelve point four. Yeah, yeah, twelve million. Twelve cap hit. What I could see them doing is if they extend them that year, cut basically the cap hit in half or whatever, and make that guarantee, and then put it for the next couple of years, and yeah, make the guaranteed money. But because I know the twenty twenty one cap issues and there's a whole bunch of different things that they have to do in terms of different players that they have to make decisions on and who they're going to restructure and who they would um who they're going to cut so there's a lot of decisions to be made but that's where i can see an Ertz extension happening and cutting his cap number down kind of like what the chiefs have done the chiefs have done it they, have it, have, they don't have tons of money to play with it, it, it's it's gonna be 171 dollars in cap space coming into this offseason and look at the deals they gave to mahomes and kelsey yeah I'll say it's it's all gonna depend on how much Ertz really wants. Like he said, he wants to be like Kobe. He wants to play somewhere his entire career. So I'll say it's really gonna come down to how much he really wants to stay here. Does he rather play in the city of Philadelphia where he's played his entire career, or does he want, or is he about the money? So if he's willing to restructure his contract and once he gets a deal after a couple of years, okay, then I'm all for it. But. I, I just feel the Eagles are a type of team they always like to go with the younger player rather than the aging veteran. So I would say, uh, depending on what Ertz wants to command and what type well, of price tag he can get. Well, it all depends, you know, how how he loves his loyalty. So it it all depends on you know you talk about going for the young guy, the aging veteran. They have a lot of he, he, last he, couple he, years, a lot of aging veterans. He's a little so. bit of loyalty. I'll say otherwise they would, I would say they would have stuck with Nick uh, Nick Foles since he won you a Super Bowl, and they didn't. They brought him as a backup. Yeah. Yeah, but for one year, and then he went on. So I say I don't think Howie has so much loyalty to a lot of the players. It's I feel it's more loyalty to the head coach, and I was, he, I don't know. I would say how 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 he's a businessman. He, he 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 he's not that he doesn't like a guy, but he's all about trying to further this franchise for the future. He's never a guy that's about right now. Kicking the can down the road. That's the future. So maybe signs hey, maybe, maybe and kicks that Dallas can down the road. To trade for Dallas, give us CD Lambacher or something like that. <laughs> we want it. No, maybe if, Jerry Jones is dumb enough to be like, "Yo, give us Dallas." If you're dealing any of the tight ends, deal them out of conference. I don't want to see them unless you have to. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I was trying to Google search, you know, the trades that have happened. You found the Hurst one first, but the first name that popped up, that all I could find was articles for teams in the market. Yeah. For a tight end, and every every article said, you know, the Patriots are in the market for a tight end because he's used to having that multiple tight end set and they don't have anybody. Yeah, so you might be able to make a deal with Bill Belichick for one of those tight ends. I don't think I don't think anything this year. The way the way all their no, players no, are tanking and uh who yeah, knows what for, what's his name. Yeah, you know? tanking for Trevor, who knows what's gonna happen with that. So I don't think I don't think a deal's gonna happen this year. If anything it'll be after the after the season during the off season, but yeah, I'll say Bill Belichick's always uh the Eagles always have a strong history of making some type of deal with them either on draft day or uh 
draft day or during the offseason. And I'll say the Eagles could possibly have leverage. I'm, I'm not saying they would get like a first or anything like that or depending on what they would be asking, but with the college football season up in the air, you might not know what uh, quality tight ends are going to be coming out of the, coming out of the uh, college next season with the draft and all that. So it, I'll say a team that's a Super Bowl-ready team that wants a quality tight end, they might be willing to offer a high trade value for one of these guys too. So the Eagles might have all the leverage in the world with uh, two quality tight ends. I know we, we want quality players on our roster, but if the value's there, the value's there. And I'm not trying to be uh, – I'll be devil's advocate here. So I know people will say, oh, you, you trade, trade one of these guys and get a, um, a draft pick or a quality draft pick. But then you're going to have people saying – well, yeah, get a draft pick, but Howie doesn't know how to draft. They can't draft people anyway. So really, you're just you're taking some. So the, the, only, the only way they get, the only way they, the only way to get better is keep on trying and trying and trying again. Well, and I'll say, I, and like like I said, with the salary issue, they need to get your. They need to have less. They need to have lower money contracts that, with rookies. That's the one thing I said is you need for even the players from 2017, but the players from 2018, 19, 20, those draft class. You need some of those guys to start stepping up and producing and being fixtures on either offense or defense wherever they play at their position and getting that cheap money contract but that production they need that because well, which is why it's gonna be huge to see the development of Jalen Rager this season yeah, because then you're not hoping you can get these bargain free agents or you know go into free agency trying to spend money when you don't when you don't want to you want to get these young guys in these drafts whether it's the first Get, Second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh round. You need you some production. You have to hit on some some of these players. Not everyone. You're not going to hit on everybody. Well, especially since ex especially since someone. we talked about linebacker. Didn't they draft a linebacker in the third round with Davian Taylor? Yeah. So I'll say that, that there's one. The, we keep on saying the Eagles don't value linebackers. They somewhat drafted a linebacker high. They better hope they hit on them. So I'll say with uh, with. Uh, Brown retiring. There's another name out there that's going to have to try to produce and hopefully uh, pans out for our defense. But, you know, with that, I want to cut to a, a break uh, from a word from our sponsors. And we're back. Uh, Doug Peterson is COVID-free and back at the complex. And he had some interesting things to talk about. Um, the one thing he know, uh, mentioned about Greg Ward competing for a starting slot receiver role slot receiver role and even the wide receivers coach Aaron Moorhead had some stuff to say about Greg Ward and I know this I love this talking about him because it gets uh, Phil going a little bit with the whole Greg Ward talk. Well yeah I'll say we, we, we discussed the wide receiving core a little bit last uh, episode and we were somewhat on the fence the, whether Greg Ward would be one of those guys that was going to be on the bubble or not make the roster this upcoming season I would say with the especially the Eagles only keep maybe five six receivers and with them drafting a couple of guys uh, there was we, we all thought there was a little bit of doubt that he would make this roster and the fact that Doug Peterson and the coaching staff are speaking so highly of him right now, it pretty much tells you that it's almost a pretty much a lock right now unless Greg Ward has a disastrous training camp that he's going to be on the roster come week one against Washington for uh, the 2020 Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, saying, like we said, he's going to be in the mix for the starting slot receiving role. And I, I, I know Phil's not a big uh, Greg Ward fan, but I'll say... Look, I, I, like, I, 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 so I'm not a Greg Ward fan. It's not that I'm not a Greg Ward fan. It's just the hype that people give him for a mediocre six games is my problem. But does and, that surprise you? you? You've seen Eagles, Eagles Nation, Eagles fandom. They, uh, yeah, they, the Paul they Turner syndrome. I understand all that. It's just I don't, I don't think he deserved the hype. But like you guys have said, I, I understand why. Because with no offseason training camps, no preseason games, we're going to know nothing about these rookies. They're not going to give up on uh, Ortega Whiteside, a second-round pick yet. No. So you're going to probably see Watkins get, you know, practice squad it. Yeah. You might see Hightower get practice squad it. And I forget who I saw it from today. It might have been Peter King. I'm not sure who. But saying that they highly expect Alshon Jeffries to I have a breakout season. Yeah, it was Kaplan. Adam Kaplan. He Kaplan. said that okay. he feels – I saw one of the big names say it. And so, you know – they expect him to be back pretty quickly. Yeah. So you're looking at your wide receiver room being Jeffries, Jackson, Ward, Rager, and Ortega Whiteside, yeah. maybe Hightower. But that's about it. Depending if they go so it's sixth. almost good that Goodwin you know, opted out because otherwise you might have to make a decision 
on Goodwin as well. Mm -hmm. But I'll say also the one thing that Doug Peterson somewhat praised Greg Ward on is that he has shown to be a leader in the uh, in the locker room, especially among the uh, young wide receiver core. So he's a guy that can help teach these young guys and show them the ropes and show them what it's like to play in the NFL uh, coming in uh, last year. But I'll say I know I know we're all down on Greg Ward, but I'll say he 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 did have a decent span uh, towards the end half of the season. Uh, he was the most consistent and reliable receiver during their four-game run to the division title, snagging 28 catches for 254 yards and a touchdown during a six-week stretch. He also had the game-winning touchdown uh, against Josh Norman against uh, Washington in that uh, one game. But, that was but, the only touchdown he caught in six games. Hey, that's not it, was, good. It, it was the game-winning touchdown. That, that's all that matters. Oh, and it was a great catch. But you can't say somebody, a wide receiver having one touchdown in six games is a great job. But on the point you made before there, the one thing about his leadership that I like, he could teach these young guys, look, be ready. Look what I did last year. Yeah. You know, I sat on that practice squad. I kept myself ready. And now look at me. I'm a lock to make this team practically, you know. But, so yeah. that that leadership role, I do like that that aspect of it. But also, I'll say, it, it, I think there's someone trying to work Greg Ward into it is because of the psyche of Carson Wentz as well. I'll say you don't want him sure. going into Week One uh, with no preseason games. Yeah, they'll have some practice to work on chemistry, but he he only had a game and a half last year with Deshaun Jackson. Who knows what the quote unquote chemistry between him and uh, Alshon Jeffrey with the who uh, the whole scandal or whatever's going on with them too, uh, and then you have all these rookies. You have Rager, uh, Rager, Ortega, Whiteside, who hasn't really developed. Greg Ward was his most consistent receiver down the stretch last year for him, and he's one of those guys that he eyed a lot. So they they need someone on that field that he already has a chemistry. It's very important for a quarterback to have that chemistry and know where his receiver is going to go so he can know where to place the ball. And until they get on that chemistry with some of the other guys, I, I feel Greg Wards might surprise a little bit of you uh, people in the first couple of weeks of the season until uh, things start picking up with the offense. And with Greg Ward, he gives you, if he gives you 60, 65 catches in the season, for me, that's with everyone else that you have, but if he gives you that, he's not going to be a number one receiver. No. That's not what they're counting, what they're counting no. on him for. But if he can show you Basically, he can do he can do a number of things in the slot. They can use him a variety of ways, but like down the stretch, yeah, I know they played they didn't play the you know the best teams in the NFL, but he still showed the chemistry like you said the chemistry with with Carson, and that's that's really that's big. You need that, especially in the receiving core, and you know he worked with them for a lot of the season because he was up even earlier in the, the I think the Detroit game, but he didn't. He didn't play on offense, I don't think. Yeah, I don't but, remember. But he's somebody that Carson is going to count on, especially who knows with Deshaun, with the health the health aspect, and even with Alshon, when is he going to return? How, how far into the season is he going to return? Well, that you know, well that and also Doug Peterson commented uh, during his presser too about the wide receiving core that he's expecting to use a lot of Rager on the outside as well. So it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how he works them all in, and is that going to hurt the development of Jalen Rager? We're expecting a big season from the rookie being the first round draft pick, but if they have Alshon out there, Deshaun there, Ward in the slot, where is that going to fit Jalen Rager into the mix? They're they're, they're going to have to find and design and figure out all these different type of packages to make sure all these guys are getting involved. You're not gonna you're not gonna see if Greg Ward has sixty five catches or whatever you said over the season, that, that would be a, a great It'd be season great for him. for him. But that means taking balls that away Jackson from everyone else. Hurt. That means Jeffries isn't around. So, that that's not good because when you have that many guys that can contribute, plus you got Ertz and Goddard, there's only so many you're not gonna have maybe Ertz because Ertz in eighteen had that hundred and whatever amount of catches. But for the most part, all your guys should have no more than 70, 75 catches because you have a team, if they're all as good as they need to be, if they're all clicking on all cylinders and, and Carson Wentz is healthy, they're all going to get the ball spread around to them, mm -hmm. which also creates great offensive, you know, you know, it, it, it makes it harder for the defenses when they don't know where the ball is going to go. Mm -hmm. So with that many, so if Greg Ward has 65 or 70 catches or whatever it may be. I don't think he's going to have that much. <laughs> right, that, that, well, somebody said 65 catches. You know, that probably means that our offense is pretty injured for the season and all. If, if Greg Ward has 40 catches this year, I'll probably actually be very happy and and say that he's had a good season, you know, all things considered, because that means the team is spreading the ball and doing its right thing there. 
you know, you're talking about health. I don't know if you guys saw, but less than two months after tearing his Achilles, you see that Brandon Burks got his boot off. Yeah, he's already rehabbing. Hey, I we think, talked I, about that. I think yes, that's why, I think that's why they're only putting him on the pup list instead of the injury reserve. He, he he's way ahead of schedule. He's fighting his way back, and he might surprise all of us, and he might come back before the season's even over. That's absolutely to me. That's absolutely unbelievable. And the way didn't, he can come back like just after. T- Less than two months after tearing your Achilles, and he's already has the boot off. He's already rehabbing. You can see him. It's just. And the and the Eagles did also didn't they activate uh, Maliata or whatever heck his name is? Yeah, Maliata. Yeah, he got activated. So yeah, everyone because everyone's uh he was the last of the guys yeah. activated from the uh, COVID, COVID list okay so that's gonna say so the eagles are getting healthy obviously a couple of episodes ago they were we were panicking a little bit about everyone getting on the COVID list everyone's back so including dougie p so that's a good thing but to also do. they put the they're out there um the only thing i want to talk go ahead phil no, no, you can go. No, I was gonna say it was I saw. So I can't see your face. I don't know when you're ready to talk. Yeah, yeah. Well, you move this head. Let me yeah. let me move the camera a little bit. There you go. But like, I was I was looking and I saw that uh, you know, Darius Slay had his Eagles practice jersey on and everything, and they're all you know they're work doing the workouts on the field and everything. So it's kind of trying to get some type of normalcy now. Unfortunately, this would have been the first Eagles preseason game. Yep. So unfortunately, that's not happening with everything but it's just it's it's nice to see that the guy the guys in the jerseys and practicing and, well it's, you know. it's kind of concerning that he's wearing 24 and the last uh, one tw- everyone the 24 everyone remembers sucking is namdi so hopefully he doesn't become another namdi uh situation what about sheldon well i'll say that sheldon was before namdi so i'm saying the last one that people remember no, they remember Bradley Fletcher. Uh, no, that's even, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Burnt toast. I just want to touch on something randomly there because you're talking about, you know, Mylotta coming off the COVID list, Doug Peterson, you know, clearing the, the COVID protocol. Yeah. You know, we you know I follow a lot more than just the Eagles. And a lot of the talk with the Phillies is that Scott Kingery's struggles this year are potentially because he had COVID. Mm. And even though it was four or five years – or four or five, you know, weeks ago that he cleared – the COVID list and he's been with the team, he's obviously struggled and not been physically fit. So it worries me with Lane Johnson. You know, I mean, I know he cleared it and it's a different position. It's a different, you know, sport. But just because people clear the COVID list does not mean that they're going to be 100%, you know, full bore and ready to go physically at the start of the season. So it's, it's it's something to keep in the back of the mind there. Yeah. You know, Lane Johnson, you know, he's, He's not Brandon Brooks in the physical fitness, you know, categories, <laughs> but not. You oh, know, he's pretty. So, he's pretty darn. If you look, yeah, for a lot. I mean, but compared to Brandon Brooks, not. So it's something to keep in mind. I'm not worried about Mylotta because he's not as, you know, key for the season coming up and all. But with Lane Johnson, it's something to remember that if he struggles at first and he's going to have a new person next to him and, you know, Jason Peters that he's going to be relied on to help there at that spot. You know, it's something to look out for that he might not be physically 100 percent yeah no but the other thing i saw you know speaking about like covid and everything i know they they posted something about like the numbers and basically it was i think it was like 0.48 percent the 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 covid numbers are very low amongst the players that they have tested in the national football league which is a good thing how about the seattle player who tries to sneak in a female yo what a moron with uh we're wearing the yeah. Seahawks gear. Yeah, he's trying to push pass a, a passer as a player. I'm sorry, a 140-pound uh, small girl is not going to pass as a football player in the hotel room. Especially being a, an undrafted free agent trying to make a team, and that's what you're doing? Freaking moron. He got, needless to say, he got, cut he, he, yeah, he got cut, cut him right away. He cut yeah. him right away. The fact that they were risking the team, but uh, I don't know if we want to move on. Uh, anything else about Greg Ward? No, I'll say so. I'll I'll say we'll bring up the conversation today uh, about uh, earlier this week. One of our, which you can catch the story on aatbirds.com from one of our writers, Brian Christiana, about the Washington Redskins coming out and saying that they will not have any fans uh, for uh, their games in the 2020 season. I, I can't remember. Was it the first month or two, or is it the entire season? 
I thought it was the whole season. It wasn't the whole season. I, I, I know some teams are saying like the first couple of games. I can't remember, but uh, I would say the fact that Washington is now saying they're not going to have any uh, fans. Which they really means, don't have fans at games anyway. So. Well, it still fits 100,000 <laughs> people. Kidding. I would say there's still some games where Redskins fans come out, usually divisional games. I've been to a couple Eagles-Redskins games down in Landover, and the Redskins fans, they, even though Eagles fans travel well, the Redskins fans are still packed in there pretty well. But that brings We're up, losing our ninth home game there. Yeah, exactly. I would say for how close it is the fans eagles fans travel well but uh they came out or uh, said that so week one eagles will not have to worry about any opposing fans uh, on the road uh but also uh, another division rival came out and said jerry jones that like, he's going to try his hardest to try to have fans uh down at cowboy stadium which uh, he's first off he's a complete moron did you Ted, see his interview no he i did looks, he looks like, like they have 117 years old what was that phil he says they have fresh air circulated in the stadium, so it's okay. I don't freaking care. Dallas is, or Texas is a freaking hot spot right now for this pandemic. And you're going to try to fit 100,000 people inside that freaking stadium, which I've been there before. I would say it's a tremendous stadium. But it doesn't defeat the fact that you're worrying about people's health to put fans in your scene just so, you're, so you can have Cowboys fans and say that, oh, my stadium's the one that had fans because that's going to bring up the topic. Uh, is it going to anger you a bit as an Eagles fan if – Right now, the Eagles, uh, they still haven't made a final decision yet, but the Board of Health did come out and say today the first, th- the first game at least probably will not have fans. Uh, so the Eagles game against the uh, uh, Los Angeles Rams uh, probably won't have any fans uh, for week two. That's going to benefit the Rams because they usually play in an empty stadium. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, the, it's still not going to benefit them traveling from West Coast. <laughs> no, the, the, the Giants already said they're not going to have fans. Yeah. So And Washington says they're not going to have fans. So if Dallas is the only one that's going to have fans, is, is that gonna, do you guys really care? Does it upset you as an it, Eagles it, fan? It's, a, it's an advantage for Dallas. So I, it's 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 not well. Luckily, it's not fair luck- to have fans in some cities and not others. I agree because you're you're you're, you're giving the uh, teams that have the fans the advantage over the teams without the fans. That's almost so like it, saying it needs to be all or nothing. That's almost like saying you can practice because you your your city and your your state isn't shut down. But the people over here, they can't practice because it's shut down. But, you know, but, it's, it's, it's a competitive still advantage. Still ready for week one. Yeah. L- l- luckily for the Eagles, I would say, well, not lucky, but I think by t- their game uh, against Dallas ain't until December. So I think regardless if uh, at least, if, say, the first cu- uh, couple games of the year don't have fans for most of the stadiums, but by the end of the year, that depending if this passes or things get better and the numbers start dropping, you might start seeing some cities trickle in fans eventually, which I feel Dallas might, by, by the time the Eagles play them, would have fans, but I, I feel the NFL, the NFL has told all NFL teams already they're, they're laying it up to they're letting it up to them they're laying up to them to talk with their governor and talk with their city's board of health to see if it's uh, beneficial or see if they can have fans and the NFL the what they're looking at is revenue so until I would say uh, President Trump says there's no game or no fans can be at any sporting events this season. Then I would say the NFL is just going to let up to the teams, which I, I agree, it's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, you guys know I don't listen to the sports talk radio in the city anymore. You know, it's my whole, it's my whole philosophy. But I had the Phillies game on in my car. Then I turned on my car the next day, and it just happened to have one of the main channels on. Um, if you know who the Phillies are on, you know what channel I was listening <laughs> to. Yep. I mean, without without plugging anybody, but they brought up an interesting topic. It's or a conversation they were talking about. You know, we might say they don't want fans or they shouldn't have fans, but I guarantee because what you said, Jeff, with the revenue that's being lost there, every single owner from Jeffrey Lurie to even though Dan Snyder said no, they're all sitting there with a team of people in their office every single day trying to figure out from week one to week three to week seven, how can we get 2,000 fans, 5,000 fans, 10,000 Whatever they can, because they need that money. Why well, really? Do. So they're definitely working on it. Yeah. And we might agree or disagree whether there should be fans. I still say Super Bowl will be the first time you see fans. I think but Super on the Bowl side, should be. They're definitely trying. You know, even Jeffrey Lurie is sitting down every day, twice a day, trying to be like, can we squeeze a few here and there? You know. Well, I think because they I, want that revenue. I think that's why they haven't made a final decision. I think they're trying to because with this whole pandemic, where it's a day by day basis where things are constantly changing. So the fact that. N- 
I would say they haven't made an announcement. I think they're trying to hope that, hey, maybe by time a week or two before the season, we can try to maybe fit so many fans in or without saying no fans oh. at all. I don't, I saw an article that the Patriots are trying to figure out some type of like mini bubble or like podium uh, thing, something for their stand for their home games. I don't know if you guys, guys saw the uh, picture roaming around the internet, but apparently there was a concert in the UK for the first uh, first concert there in a while and how they did it. They had a little... Story? Yeah, they had little square podiums for like a group of four or five people, and you're still distant six feet away from all the other podiums. So that's it's lesser crowd, but at least they still had a crowd there. So unless the NFL somehow figures a way to, and like movie theaters are starting to reopen I was now, say so, AMC's opening yeah. back up. And I'll say the way they're doing it is they're cutting off each, they're separating by rows, and then I think depending on your group, if you say have a group of four or five in a row, then you have to, the next people can't book a seat like so far away from you so maybe i say i think the nfl is gonna try to figure a way for that but the thing is there's still so many other so many other dynamics with like bathrooms parking tailgating that's the thing I mean, you open up tailgate or you open up games you open up tailgating and you know how rowdy and crazy eagles tailgates are there's people that just go down the tailgate that don't even have game tickets and drink their butts off the entire six seven eight hours before a game yeah phil's one of them <laughs> So hey, I got my Corona well, in my hand right now. Well, also, what happens like with Bills fans? They like to just like just jump in tables. And Yo, that's shit. legit. They're, those are my those are my people right there. Those wrestling fans are ran ran the body slam people through tables. I want to be an honorary Bills fan just so I can get thrown through a table like that. Okay. Yeah, the, the bill, I know it's off subject, but the Bills fan that had the baby that put the baby through the table. Oh my, I saw that. Yeah. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. that. Right? I mean, it was like a little cardboard, little tiny table, yeah. and he like held his baby and he put like a Bills jersey on his baby and like placed his baby through the table. It was it was great. It was great. <laughs> they, those guys are nuts up but there. I also saw that that Dallas wants to do kind of like a, a mini bubble. Like a, I don't know if it was the Omni Hotel or there's a, there's a hotel down there. I'm not sure what the name is, but there's a hotel that they're trying to get the whole hotel to kind of make their own type of like little little bubble, mm -hmm. which. I don't know. In, Which I've kind of said that for all the teams, they need to do that. But and I even saw that there's possibility that each NFL team. I think I think we've brought it up, but each NFL team may actually, um, but like put one of their quarterbacks in like a bubble type of they separate the quarantine them away from yeah. the other quarterbacks. They're talking about quarantine their starting quarterback away from some of the rest of the team or the or the uh, other people just so if for some reason other players are around with people that they shouldn't that the quarterback doesn't get infected by it but I'll say I'm sure teams are going to have some type of guidelines or tell these like we brought up before with Doug EP uh, bringing up with the whole COVID situation, saying before, like we only can educate our players so much. So I'll say it's up, to, it's up to them to make sure that they're taking the precaution uh, and not be stupid with this whole pandemic situation. Well, Jeff, you said it before. What's your feel right right now? What's your feel of the season? You still think it, it's jumped back you know, a little bit, or do you think they start on time? I I feel it's all going to depend on the whole fan thing. So if they, if they feel that enough stadiums or enough teams are not going to have fans, I think they might try to push it off just so like we brought up before. It, it, it's all about money. It's all about revenue. So, But the fact that I'll say we really haven't had a major drastic – uh, increase of positive cases among NFL players or among uh, a lot of teams. I, I feel they right now they could go off, but the thing is we haven't started contacted uh, contacted uh, practices yet, which start next week for uh, all NFL squads. So uh, talk talk to me in about a week or so once these guys are physically attacking each other in practice uh, and getting all sweaty and touching each other and this and that. Uh, before we start talking, if there's going to be a season pushback or not. Well, speaking of the practices starting, have we seen anything of what the teams, specifically Eagles, are going to do with reporters? I mean, there's no preseason game, so we need the reporters <laughs> that have credentials to tell us what's going on at practice, you know, to give us Carson Wentz's, you know, completion percentage. But they haven't actually said what's going on with that and i would like to be able to see highlights of these practices a week or two ago i talked to one of my uh, reporter buddies from uh nick fierro from the morning call asking him if there's any word on what they're going to do and as far as from that point it might have changed since i don't think they gave him any word or any guidelines as of yet i know the talk was maybe having one pool reporter like through the practice or however long they're supposed to be out there 
uh, jotting notes or something like that. Or I know there was talk of maybe only having like 20 or 30 people at a time and like tra and, and switching up people between practices and then everyone else like sits in somewhere else. Because the thing is, all the all, there's gonna be there's gonna be no locker room access. All the press conferences are gonna right. be through Zoom. So the only thing they really if they're only gonna go down there to see 20 minutes of practice. I say they can probably have someone do that for them uh, themselves. Yeah, there's there's always some highlights and there's always somebody that's you know tracking you know Carson's practice numbers or who's making the plays. Yeah. And with no preseason games, we need that to know how this team's progressing through training camp. Yeah. So they definitely got to do something for the the fans, the reporters, the the great podcasters like we are, you know, so we have something to talk about. Get some information, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll have something. I, I, I think they might be waiting for the NFL's guidelines that the distribute to the rest of the teams. Because right now, with no, with no actual practices, everyone's working from home. Everyone's doing the Zoom calls. So I'll say probably, hopefully, by this end of this week, uh, early next week, when practices start, we'll have some type of. Uh, some type of word on what uh, what's going to happen. But I'll, I'll look into it. I'll let you know. I'll see uh, what a couple of my buddies say. I, I yeah. put it out there and asked a few people and didn't get any answers. So I was curious <laughs> on that. Well, it might be on the down low. So. Well, yeah, yeah you want to see how uh, Jordan Mailata's looking and see you know, how, how much uh, – uh, how many how many catches JJ Ortega Whiteside's making and what kind of plays – I want to know how Andre Dillard looks because he's got to go up against Chase Young week one. So, <laughs> How Sidney Jones is looking, right? You want – See if he's actually breaking through. Yeah, he's gonna be gone after this camp year. battles. Yeah, the camp battles. Yeah, okay. we've talked about. I'll say that could be Monday show. We'll, we'll, I'll say Monday Monday <laughs> show. We'll do the entire camp battles that you want, and you can give us your fifty three before the start of training camp roster uh, starting then. Maybe we'll do it after, towards the end, before right before the season. Makes it a little bit easier. Well. I would say with you, you want to do like a 53-man roster, 2, 3, point, uh, three 4, and 5.0. So almost every other week you want to bring up a 53-man roster. But I'll say it's going to be difficult. He, he wants to do a 53-man roster as much as uh, what's-his-name does his uh, mock drafts for the NFL draft every year. Yeah. Mock draft number 17.1. Yeah, what's-his-name, uh, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and all of them. But uh, I'll say also just real quick, uh, I'll say we really – we don't have to talk about, it, but just news and notes. If you haven't saw, Dallas Cowboys got a little bit better uh, this past week, uh, signing Everson Griffin to a one-year, I believe, six million dollar deal. So I'll say he it didn't seem like he was getting, demanding a lot of money, but I'll say I think it's, it, I think it's three million uh, guaranteed and then three million bonus and stuff. Yeah, like that. so it's it's not too terribly much. It's a very incentive-based deal, uh, which I know Eagles fans are a little worried. Like, hey, why didn't we sign him uh, over Curry? But we, we brought we brought over last time money. Knows the system, so over and plus, I would say, I would say, do, do we forget that uh, a backup offensive lineman basically shut down Everson Griffin uh, against us? You remember who that was? The Vitae. Yeah, it was Vitae at the time. So I would say Everson Griffin, he might be a good player, but I would say if Vitae shut him down as a backup, uh, I would say may, maybe it wasn't the best move. But I, it, it's a good depth move for Dallas. Oh, it's okay. a good depth move for good. Dallas, but I know people are like saying, "Oh, they're they're so much better now." And which I'll say, I'm not going to deny Everson Griffin. He was he was a Pro Bowl defensive end. He's a great pass rusher, and they didn't overly pay for him like they would have. They got clowny, but uh, overall, I'll say it was a decent move. But we'll, we'll see how it pans out. And you know, with, with that, because I know on um, uh, Twitter, Tom Pelissero noted about visits and that now they can have multiple. Um, multiple multiple uh, players try out and not have to have an open roster spot like they've had to, had before, and that's gonna bring in you. And I've seen it the last couple of days with with free agent signings. So that's a a major thing that has happened, and you can see more people getting tryouts and more players being signed and not having to have those open roster spots. Um, but I think that's a major thing, especially for the. Uh, for like teams like the Eagles trying to get looks at certain players who they may be interested in, and um, that's that's one major thing that I thought it was a big thing to happen this week in terms of uh, with the with the roster movement, with training camp starting to heat up, they're going to start putting the pads on. They're actually going to start hitting a little bit, so you know injuries are going to start to happen. So I think that's one major development that a lot of people I don't think are thinking about, but it's. Uh, Something that I could definitely uh, see the uh, all the teams around the NFL 
Yeah, definitely. And I will say with that, we just want to say thank you to everyone uh, for listening to this episode of All About the Birds. We really appreciate the support. And also, please make sure uh, to check out our newly our new website, uh, aatbirds.com. We have a lot of great content from a lot of hardworking writers. Uh, we have stuff from our one of our writers, Max Derringer, about uh, Zach Ertz' uh, impact with the signings of George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. One, one of, of his, our- one of his, the the first article he put the, and I want you guys to check it out. It's was it Aaron Rodgers one? Aaron yeah, Rodgers and Carson up. Wentz comparison. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I'll say you'll be you'll be completely surprised. I'll say everyone wants to talk about how much Aaron Rodgers is this great quarterback. I'll say he brought up some great numbers and great stats to compare the two that might surprise you on maybe Carson Wentz might be the better quarterback. So make sure to check that out. Uh, also, another great article from one of our writers, Chris uh, Romanelli, about Miles Sanders going to his sophomore season, plus a bunch of uh, Phil's boy uh, about some fantasy writing. Uh, a lot of great articles, so make sure to check it out, aatbirds.com. Uh, you can check out all the articles we're posting on our Twitter account, at aatbirds, and also on the Facebook at All About the Birds. Uh, make sure you like us there, follow us there. Uh, all our writers are working hard. We're working hard. Follow myself at Jeff NFL, uh, Jeff Warner NFL, uh, Phil uh, at Beard of Knowledge, and Johnny John three two 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 Johnny U nine three two 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 Johnny U nine three two two. You need to get rid of the numbers, dude. What do those numbers? even resemble what what does what, what, what those numbers mean like why do you have those all those numbers why don't you use something simple no this is those numbers and jeff will know exactly what i'm talking about remember in middle school when you had to give a number to the oh that, that was your id number that was my id number mine was like oh nine three two three I can't believe I still remember. I think I found one of my IDs one of these days. Phil doesn't even know what the hell we're talking about because he went back to school when all you had to do was give a dollar for lunch. <laughs> but nine three two two. That's why I have it because that's there's the. Like, there's only 130 kids in my high school, so. But uh, so yeah, make sure you check that out if you're looking to write. We're always looking for some writers. We're a lot of great topics. We're gonna get booming once the season starts. So uh, make sure to check that out. Share it with your friends. Check out all the knowledge from all our writers. So I uh, appreciate that. We have like. 10- and 12 writers now for the site? Yeah, we're up to like tw- uh, 12, 13 writers, including us. So whenever we start, pl- I know I've been writing. Phil and you got, I would say you and Johnny have been kind of a slack on the department. At least I posted two or three articles. Fantasy golf stuff for our uh, Last Out, who's our, you know, we're so. streaming on their website also right now, Last Out Network. So I'll say thank you again all for uh, listening to this episode all about the birds. Follow us everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and like we always say, Go Birds! Go Birds. Go Birds. You know what you gotta do. Do it. Can you feel what's about to happen on this field, man? They gon' get it to us. We got to take it. They gon' black out. We gon' get one black out. Stay together and keep Get out there.